This evening's Dharma talk is titled Production Compulsion. What the heck does that mean? So compulsion, compulsion. We all have uh, some understanding of that just in our everyday functioning. <clears throat> so production compulsion is to point out, to reflect on our uh, activity of something happens, we see something, we look at something, something shows up in our memory, and then we have a, a compulsion to produce something else. So we actually cover up the very thing that's appearing, whether it's the, the kitchen wall or the steps as we're going down out to the parking lot or as we're meeting our friend or our enemy, for that matter, meeting someone, we, instead of just receiving that as it is, just the color that it is, the shape, the tone, the texture, the sound, the smell, we do something else with it. We have a compulsion to produce something, to say something, to think something. We may not say much. We may, we may just notice that we're not really receiving what's there. We're, as soon as something happens, we immediately have an idea, judgment, evaluation, a feeling, an emotion. Something happens and we don't, we don't feel good about that. We might not know uh, in, far, in terms of our thought patterns or our ideation around any given thing, what that's about or why that's happening. We just notice that we don't like it or it feels doesn't feel good. And there's no, there's no real, it doesn't come along with a little explanation of here's why you're feeling this way. So what do we do? We make that up. We invent it. We produce something with it. Causes and conditions occur. The first one, of course, is uh, being born. And then we begin to add and subtract and divide and judge and evaluate and make our way this way and stay away from that and get towards that. And it, as it's uh, taught here, it is about not about stopping that or controlling that or making it fall into certain parameters, which is taught in some places. And again, not not incorrect. I'm not here to argue and say you should only do what I say. Um, you shouldn't even do what I say, even if you're here. You should do what you say. Do what you want to do. If what I say makes some sense to you, then you might want to give me the benefit of the doubt and try this for 20 years or so. I don't see any smiles. <laughs> Sound like I'm serious? I am. Take, take some part of your life and just dedicate that to seeing what is fundamentally true. And you might have to go through a whole lot of things that you compulsively believe production produce a pleasant thing um, um something that magnetizes your bring your awareness to that just the bare attention just raw receiving just receive give it your attention notice the qualities the textures the the speed of which something is coming and then notice the speed at which you immediately respond make no response and when i say make no response Probably can't do that. I know I can't. So I know about it. But notice the way in which whatever occurs, you have some kind of comment about it, some kind of, uh, I don't sometimes it's even like petty thoughts about things or gossipy thoughts. You don't have to get rid of those. You don't have to do anything, as I said previously. But you could be, just be aware of that kind of petty quality of the mind to comment just constantly add on chatter about this it should be it shouldn't be they shouldn't have done that i shouldn't have done that i shouldn't be thinking that i should i shouldn't it's exhausting production compulsion sometimes that gets so aggravating or so difficult or so um, disturbing that we want to cover it up we want to stop it we want to 
all kinds of ways. You might go to the movies. You might um, you might move to Philadelphia. You, you might have some. You might go. I'm going to go and do something. And again, we're going back to what I said previously. Not that you shouldn't, but it might be good to take some awareness, prioritize some aspect of your consciousness to just receive, just be aware of what's happening. That's not always so easy because sometimes if we're just doing that, we're vulnerable because then everything starts creeping our way. All the negativities that we've been able to keep at bay start to, as a, what's the image sometimes used, crawling up the edge of the, up the walls of the well by ears. Or maybe not. Maybe you don't have that kind of a uh, experience. But more than likely, there's some... Uh, some aspect of your of your life, your your experience, a daily experience, weekly, month. Need to do this. We want to do that. We shouldn't do this. We should do that. We, we got to stop doing that. We got to start doing something else instead of just what just receive. You could spend some time. You could d- dedicate, devote some time to just receiving. This is what this meditation hall is about. This zendo. Sit down. Sit in a symmetrical posture. This is what this form is about. Just receive. I'm not saying you couldn't receive laying down or leaning against a, a backrest. You could. But since we actually can't find our mind, we can find our body pretty much. But it's hard to find that part of our consciousness that we call our mind, that area where things seem to be out of control. Out of control, I'm saying, if you try to, you can't do a little bit of that, but wow. Sticky. I mean, you could sit in a symmetrical posture. It could be this one best, I feel. Hold still. All the senses just receive. Whatever's happening in an apparent interior way, the mind, consciousness, things moving, thoughts coming and going, emotions. Just observe what that include, this alert posture. And you will find over time, if you do enough, that the mind that's going this way and this way and that way and this way and up and down, back and forth. Compulsion, grasping, grasping, rejecting, rejecting, passion and aggression, and then ignorance, those three. You'll find that that whole thing begins, that spinning, that grasping, rejecting begins to slow down. I'm not saying it, it is going to go away, particularly. But some of the speed, some of the energy, the compulsive part of it tends to slow down. The aggravation or the pain, or the the ragged edges of that may stay may stay for a long time. And my recommendation to anyone who's listening to me is just observe, just look, just receive whatever's happening. This go look in the mirror, as I say over and over again. Go, how much did you have to say about what shows up in front of you as this body mind complex? It's something to say about it, but we don't have a lot. It's it's a it's kind of foisted upon us. Is that a word, foisted? Okay, thanks. Nishikai. Nishikai knows a lot about words. He's very wordy. So what am I coming back to? What I come back to over and over and over again, please, my friends, just observe whatever is happening. may not get easier. Probably will, like anything you practice. But it probably will not without some kind of the conventional word is discipline, some kind of sit down, hold still and observe what the mind continues to grasp, reject, and shut down on, simply put. And eventually, the, the main, the, 
fundamental misunderstanding, a fundamental mistake will show up. I don't necessarily know if there's a way you, where you can go after it directly and get it by the throat, if it, it had a throat. Uh, but you will eventually see that the one or the, 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 the subject or the me feeling, the I, that which is referred to when we say use those personal pronouns, that that is insubstantial. It's unreal. Unless that is seen, then we will continue to grasp just compulsively at someone who feels some way about something. And that something could be here, could be out there, could be somewhere in between, could be a combination of things. To take any kind of position on anything just perpetuates the karma that brought you into this uh, human realm in the first place to take any position on it. And you'll notice if you've been doing this for a while, it becomes more and more subtle, more and more like you're not quite seeing what you need to see. You're not quite seeing that. We we see it and it's like it just moves away or something. So we're we're looking for some kind of very subtle reference point. With those positions that we're taking, um, in my experience, maybe there's some contrast with if something changes, I might be um, have a little bit more of a willingness to switch the position, but I don't think I've ever recognized a place where I've been without a position. Is that something that's possible? No. Uh, it's possible to be without a position, but not to recognize it. If you recognize it, it's position. Keep coming. I need help. We can't do this alone. Nice flowers. Spent a lot of time on that. <laughs> More about that. Anyone else along that same line or any line for that matter? Claire. What do you do when you find yourself in love with someone and when you're sitting and they come to your head and you don't add how you feel about them or you don't take away? And it seems like the fact that you love them is just revealed to you. How do you tell them? What do you do? Don't do anything with it. Don't tell them unless you have to. Don't do anything. Since you're asking and you, you're referred to, well, that comes to you while you're doing sitting meditation, just, just observe what happens. Observe the wall. Observe how your knees feel. Observe the motion. Observe the, the feeling that you describe. However, that just, and watch what occurs. Just observe what occurs. Do nothing with it. No production no, I mean, the compulsion might the compulsion might never go away, but you don't have to hook up your vocal cords or your your mental apparatus to try to get somewhere else and try to figure out what to do. Oh, do no calculation. Calculation if it's based on a lack of clarity around who and what each person is about what this fundamentally is, then any calculation is is built on a foundation of a of misunderstanding, and it will just perpetuate the cycle of. Um, suffering basically or discontent or uh difficulty abrasiveness you follow me so just the, the, as anybody as much as we can just observe just hold still watch this is what the buddha as far as i know this is what the buddha's the buddha's awakening was not about awakening to some kind of wonderful god realm some kind of happiness some kind of nirvana in the conventional sense of bliss and uh, peace and quietude and it was more about awakening to the fundamental nature of suffering 
which was difficult. So he awoke to the confusion that is caused by grasping at a self, uh, an ego, and grasping at another, a friend, an enemy, anything. So um, the very individual, this doesn't mean that you're not going to fall in love with someone. This does not mean that you're not going to uh, be very hungry and go get some food. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have passion, aggression, that you're happening. It's just that when it, when it occurs within an open dimension of being where the grasping is at a minimum, there's going to be some because we're, we're human beings. So we have hands. These are these graspers. Give me that. So we're going to do some of that, but it's when we overdo that based on fear. When we, when we overdo that, overdo that grasping based on craving or lust or intense desire for something else. Sometimes that intense desire for something else will take us into, into war. We want, we're, we're so upset about what's happening, how we feel. And we're so, uh, it's so difficult that instead of being responsible, the ability to respond to the negativity and see that it's our negativity, instead we project it out on the world and we go to war with, we go to war with the very aggression that actually is our creation. It's called a projection or blaming someone else for how we feel. It's not that they didn't, as I've said before, not that they didn't come up and trigger that or do something that caused you to have an emotion or a feeling about something, but they didn't pour any feelings into you. They, it's your feeling. It's, it's so simple. It's, it's such a simple thing to say, but yet in, in the midst of intense emotion that has been triggered by someone else's uh, activity or, or could be someone's uh, just stumbling around, not even realizing they're, they're triggering something in you. Um, if that aggression or that difficulty has not been observed or seen, or you're not responsible for who you are, your emotions, then w the tendency is to blame the person for, for actually causing your feelings. It's all over the place. Make movies out of that. Without that, you wouldn't have Crown Dog Day. Sure. Are we producing our own negativity? Looks that way. Do you say how that production occurs? It, it occurs uh, 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 because of causes and conditions. So uh, the whatever is happening that doesn't look like you're doing anything about it, um, probably some kind of karma uh, karma is coming to fruition in terms of causes and conditions that are, are all over the place. They're in your feet. It's in your walk. It's in your tone of voice. It's in your your uh, relationships with others. It's all over. It's it's all pervading everywhere, but there's no solid being anywhere. It just really looks like it. it's very convincing to think there are lots of different beings. Yes. To what degree or do we have any say so in the production of that negativity? Not much. Do we have any say so in the cessation of the negativity? We have we have some say so in that in that we can we can slow down and we can begin to see the mechanism that grasps at someone and rejects something else that we can begin to watch that mechanism. And when the observer quality is, gets really strong, uh, as opposed to the adding, subtracting, dividing the energy, all going into manipulation and trying to get somewhere, what's sometimes called materialism, uh, then things tend to settle down, uh, without any, someone, coming up and making everything subtle or wondering about the mechanism um, to, to 
to what degree is that actually something that we can observe, like this gear fitting into this gear and turning? It would be nice if it were that, because then you could t- you could stop it, or you could take the gears apart. So it is a cause and effect, but it happens on a, on a more um, it's not quite it's not mechanical like that. It's uh, it looks like a cause and effect, cause and effect, and then the closer we get to it, we begin to lose our way. We begin to the path that we were on starts to fall apart, and the gears that we were looking for that at first were yeah this causes that they start to become less and less crisp and clear and it's not that the the clarity or the crispness of our insight or our perception isn't there it's just that it doesn't have the object that is reifying or validating the 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 the, uh um, veracity of what we're seeing so we we lose there's less um, plus and minus, this is true, that's not true. The whole polarity thing starts to collapse. So at the same time, everything starts to become very vivid. It also, our our, our uh, conclusions about what we're seeing start to lose their their um, outline or their their um, a presence. I don't know how else to say it. I can't come up with another word. So this is our introduction to a vast spaciousness that is the mind. The traditional word for this is vipassana or maha vipassana, the great panoramic awareness that does not that does not sustain a separate self. The ego, to put use a very strong image, will starve to death there. It can't it can't live in that kind of openness because it needs reference points of success, the reference point, even the reference point of failure. It needs the reference point of other people, really good people, really good, really good friends, uh, really bad enemies, or people who are problematic. This is what war is based on. I sometimes say, don't go to war, but don't go to peace either. Take no position. If you, if you take a position, it's not wrong. I'm not like a bad person. But if you take any kind of position on anything, then you miss the very karma that is constantly taking a position as your lifetime, which is necessary. It's necessary to really see who you are. Well, if you see what this is, you see, you see like it says in the, Teachings the Buddha saw all of his past lives. Well, it sounds pretty fancy. Like, yeah, saw that one lifetime, that one, and then there was that other one that wasn't so good, but it's in the past now. No, this here. Don't believe a word I say. Find out for yourself. Hewn. Is uh, compulsion, even when it seems instantaneous, always have a position that underlying that? Probably. I mean, to use that word is compulsion. You have a compulsion to act. You have a compulsion to run away. More? Is the position the fuel? Is the what the fuel? The position that underlies, say, a compulsion. Is that fuel? The compulsion? It could be somewhat. It's the it's the grasping at something else. It's the the desire that's basically the the what the Buddha said, life of suffering or frustration or difficulty or dissatisfaction. And why is it that way? We want something else. So it doesn't sound like that makes any sense until you look at it closely. And then you can see that whatever's happening, you're not exactly, I'm not talking about being particularly content, but you, we, we want some, something's not right with what's happening. Have you noticed? A question from Greg in the UK. All the way from the UK. Very good. 
Any tips to go? Any tips? <laughs> any tips to get to go beyond? I am meditating, or I am observing, to just perceiving without a solid identity doing the meditating. Um, do a lot of it. That's my main tip. Sit down, hold still, just observe, just receive. Do a lot of it and schedule it so that you won't do it just when you feel like meditating. Sit down, hold still, just observe what moves, which will be the mind which wants this, doesn't want that, uh, gets, indulges in this, who doesn't, don't, you don't have to interrupt it by some kind of a comment on, I shouldn't be thinking that. But if you do, then just watch that. Um, I would say do a lot of it and all the senses open as much as you can, just be on receive. Uh, when you do that, that means there's not going to be much correcting going on. Not much, not much of a commentary on uh, or criticism or evaluation going on active. If the evaluation comes up on its own, I seem to be dozing off or I seem to not be very aware. And just, just look at that. Don't add on any other comment onto it. So less, less is better or don't do the math. Don't come up with any conclusions about anything. Yes. Uh, question from Bosker. What does the third poison ignorance produce? So passion, aggression, the passion, of course, is craving. Uh, aggression is getting rid of, chopping up in pieces and killing or ending, destroying. And uh, uh, ignorance produces the illusion of uh, duality, of that there's someone to, to ignore, if you ignore what this is, then you, then there's an ignorer. I'm ignoring, or uh, that out there is ignored. So it's not that it's not seen; uh, that its fundamental nature is ignored. It looks like something else. That's ignorance. That's the it's the dualistic setup, and it's a setup, and it's perpetuated by the other two. You can kind of see passion because it's grasping and after something or explaining something, or blaming something, or taking credit for something, on and on, all of those, and you can you can see aggression, because that's more obvious, more difficult to see that you're ignoring. That's why it seems to be necessary to slow down, watch what moves. Some of the ways that the teachings come up with, like, we cover up Buddha nature, it, it kind of invites the area of something else that we aren't seeing. Um, I'm just wondering if while we're embodied, if the extent of what we can do is to just see how we manipulate what comes in front of us. Paraphrase. Make, make, give me a simple, I understand what you're saying, but make it very simple. Otherwise, I have to be elaborate on what you said. Is there something beyond the manipulation that we can see? Sure. You ready? Nothing happens. It's really disappointing. And we want something to happen. Claire? If we keep working towards doing less, how do we make less deep bonds with other people? How do we make what with other people? Uh, form relationships and make bonds with other people. Find out who's making the bonds. Find out who this is so that, uh, so that whatever kind of uh, uh, quote-unquote relationship occurs, it, is, uh, it, it has a sense of genuineness to it. That is not about making any demands on anyone or anything. Wanting things to be other than other than the way they are is is very nature uh, description of craving for something else. And quite often, 
if that happens between two people, uh, whether it's warfare or love fair or just ignoring others, there's some kind of energy happening there that tends to pull or push or shut down, pull, passion, push, aggression, or shut down ignorance. So less is better. So, and the way to work with this, according to this tradition, according to my understanding is we don't really have any say so about others so much, a little, but not much, but we do have some say so about this. Sit down, hold still, watch the movement in the mind because the movement that is in the mind is the same movement that's out in the open with our interaction with others. Be very clear, very clear about your own uh, functioning so that when that when you're when you are interacting with others, you begin to see the degree to which you're inventing the person you're you're relating to. You're actually you're not really seeing who's there. I'm not accusing you of anything or anyone. But in order to really see who who is there, what is actually there, uh, we have to first begin to see the degree to which we're projecting our ideas, our beliefs, our opinions, our assumptions, our our uh, uh, productions on others. So it's about awareness. It's not about getting somewhere. There's nowhere to get, but don't take my word for it. Yes. I think you said something about endeavoring to see the raw awareness. What if it seems like we can't see the raw awareness? That's 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 what you have to see. I was talking to someone else about this earlier. Am I tiring you all? <laughs> oh, that's right. You have a baby. <laughs> <laughs> so it is about it's about seeing that. That's still awareness. Even though all you see is negativity, all you see is crappy feelings all you see is a, a a boring day or a day that's just filled with irritation or uh, people triggering things in you that are irritating and, and so on the less you do about that to to include anything or to figure anything out or to change it into something else or manipulate it and the more you're able to just receive your life uh, you've heard me say probably dozens if not hundreds of times don't miss your life whatever's showing up in your life that needs to show up it's your life. So if you're sitting here and things start to happen that seem out of your control, uh, it's probably true. It probably is out of your control. And so the idea is to receive that so that your relationship to, to that can be one that is genuine. It's coming out of your your awareness of it and your uh, being uh, uh, generous by giving that, whatever that situation is, your attention. Are there causes and conditions behind what show up for us inside our thought process that we can't see? You might never see that. You, what you might see is see that you can't see it, which is a still awareness. To see that you can't see that is awareness, rather than you can't see that. So now we want to dig and see if we can see if we can bring that out. Whatever you need to see will show up. If you, the less you do, when I'm saying the less you do, I'm not saying uh, go into just doing less by having your production be on a real low level of, uh, of of thoughts, spinning thoughts around and around. If you, if you're having spinning thoughts going around and around and you seem to be taken off in a daydream, just observe that nothing lasts, especially will not last the less, the, the less you do with it to add to it, evaluate it, push on it, explain it, do anything, do nothing with it. No production. And I don't know if you can do no production other than just to see how much you're producing so that that starts to back off on its own because it, it's not that you need a conclusion about it, but it seems to be just a lot of energy going out. You could just sit down and hold still 
and see uh, what is moving for yourself. See what is occurring in your mind or in the world. Very difficult because the world is constantly clamoring for some kind of, you agree with me or do you disagree with me or is this right? Is this wrong? How often do we hear that? Do you think that's right? Do you think I should do that? Should I? Should I? Undo anything. Less is better. It's called, uh, what's that fancy word? We don't do anything. Yeah. What's the English version of that? Patience, yes. How do we just receive the compulsion? That's, that's, that's how it's done. To see that it's compulsion, see that we're, we're, we're driven to do, to pull into something else, pull into that or pushed away from this. And quite often, there's a whole bundle of emotions and feelings that, with it, that are, that are um, unsearchable. We can't really find the source of that. But you can find the leading edge of those feelings. And that's where we should put, if we're gonna, I'm going to should anybody, I would say, put your attention right on the leading edge of the feeling. This, nothing, you don't, you don't even go so far as to say this sucks. You just feel the texture of that em emotion. Probably, probably will not feel very comfortable. And I'm not saying we have to torture ourselves. I'm not saying go and, and make it worse and, you know, and go without clothes and go without food. And uh, unless you're fasting, of course, <laughs> but I mean, to, to, don't, don't torture yourself into it. The Buddha tried that. He saw the, he was wondering what was the sickness, aging and death. What was that about? He went into that to see what it was. And of course, I'm back through the 12 links on the chain of existence. So we're doing something similar by just sitting down and just so what, what is this? What fundamentally is this? And we, uh, insofar as we uh, want to do that uh, intellectually or conceptually, we could do it with the 12 links in the chain of existence, which I'm not going to go into here now. But it's just a way that birth, you can't have death, sickness, aging, and death without birth. You can't have birth without uh, becoming, and you have you can't have uh, becoming without grasping. You can't have grasping without um, desire. Yes. If we're just receiving the compulsion, will that compulsion could that compulsion be acted out or acted upon or manifested? Somewhere? It may. It may. If uh, if it if it causes and conditions being what they are, if it if it needs to happen, if the less you're doing, then the more. Uh, that whatever that whatever needs to happen with that particular uh, compulsion will will fulfill itself. This doesn't mean that if you feel like killing people, you're necessarily going to. Oh, now that I'm just watching what happens, I guess I'm just going to start killing and, and validate it. Well, it's my karma to be mean or be uh, cruel or something like that. But the the lowest uh, level of that will begin to to show up. So if you're if you're if you're practicing in this way, that's it's unlikely that that negativity is going to manifest in some kind of harmful way for others or even for yourself. Uh, the way Trungpa Rinpoche uh, talked about that was uh, make friends with yourself instead of trying to cover up or change or modify or do uh, an overhaul on your negativity. Sit down and just be genuine. Just just live your be the life that is showing up here as this human being that was born however number of years ago and was given a name and was trained to do this and to do that and go to school and how to how to add subtract. I know you were pretty good at that, adding and subtracting. Sit down and watch that. Actually, look at the way that whole situation works without approving of it or disapproving. Less is better. And so and this, that's how you would, uh, if you were making friends with a uh, an unruly eight year old child or 
uh, one-year-old child <laughs> for that matter, but you would, you would work with that, that person in a, in a, um, in a way that would fundamentally help them rather than, you know, as sometimes uh, parents, uh, especially in days gone by would just beat up their kids to get them to not act a certain way. Not so good. So we'd also don't want to beat ourselves up. You could actually be, have a sense of openness or kindness to yourself. It's not easy to do that when you feel the raw and rugged edges of your uh, personality as it is uh, submerged far enough so that you don't get evaluated by others trying to be somebody else. This doesn't mean you go the other way and start acting out the negativity. So what do we do with that? The way I talk about it, meant to be helpful, maybe maybe this helps you, maybe it won't, but you should feel the emotions but not necessarily convert them into activities or words, but feel the leading edge of that emotion and just, just feel that emotion, feel that texture of that, the quality of that, rather than jump into jump away from it by calling it depression or jump away by calling it anxiety. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that it isn't anxiety or that it isn't depression, but to use those words to try to identify it or, or go to somebody else, uh, uh, even me, Find out what it is. You need to find out. All I'm going to do is turn you around and say, keep looking. Be aware of this. Yes. Is there um, anything that's important about us bringing it to the teacher so that they can turn us around into it? Yes. How is it, um, especially those that have been practicing with you for a while, kind of know that's what we're going to get so you could just tell yourself. I just need, this is my practice, my path, I need to look at it. So how, um, what is the dynamic that's different when the, when you bring it to the teacher and they point you back into it? So it could happen either way. One could, uh, you'll know, uh, the, the teaching person isn't going to track you down and try to correct you. If you're functioning, uh, then function. Just like uh, Choka, this is his 10th day uh, in solitary retreat. Uh and he's probably wondering if I'm going to come over and see him or not. <laughs> but I don't really decide things like that too much in advance. I probably will go see him, but I don't know when. He's only got 10 more days to go, I think, 11. So so I'm in this space. He's in his space. I'm just using him as, as that as an example. All of you, most of you, a lot of you here anyway, have done solitary retreats. And that's a difficult time. You're totally by yourself. You have nothing else. That's kind of the the elimination diet, you know, you eliminate everything that you can without, without going overboard and, you know, not eating and not sleeping and not having any clothing or something like that. And you just make it very simple. You're just here, you're just sitting and you just watch what continues to come after you or what continues to show up or tends to flash or, or submerge or just watch that activity because the, the imputation or the belief that there's someone that's ha a solid being that's happening to that seems to be the underlying structure that perpetuates the confusion called uh, suffering, that there's someone suffering. So as far as what you're asking, uh, I think it's so different between a student teacher, the difference between the teaching person and the, and the, the student um, is just different. The, the chemistry is different. So you've heard me say the way I practice uh, as a teacher is I endeavor to meet people where they're at. And that basically means leave them alone unless they show up uh, in, in, a, in a way that I have permission to say, um, we'll join the Peace Corps. Have I told you to do that? 
No, that's right. I told you not to do that. So it would show up differently if that's what you're asking me. Any, anything further about that? Maybe I could try a, a different way of asking it. Just is there something that the teacher can point at when you bring when you bring your negativity to that teacher that you couldn't point yourself to? Well, my my experience with both of my teachers, they they functioned with me in such a way that I couldn't help but see what they didn't they didn't say this is it. They didn't they didn't point a little bit. But not much. Basically, it was uh, uh, basically it was uh, triggering my own um, insecurity about wanting to be approved of, wanting them to approve of me. You want me to approve of you? Oh, I'm not gonna. <laughs> You've noticed that. That doesn't mean I can't. I wouldn't be friendly or be helpful. Of course. Further questions? So. Is the relative closeness to a teacher thinking, I'm thinking like a monk situation versus maybe someone that sees you from far away. Does that relative closeness allow that student to get a more potent teaching from you? I, I you know, I really don't know. Uh, I couldn't say because of the causes and conditions that arise between teacher, student, between someone who I have no idea if somebody in, in, uh, Borneo or Sumatra or somewhere isn't listening to this and isn't getting a lot of help, maybe from what you said, maybe more from that. So there's no way to, to know. Whereas someone who is living here who is fully ordained as a monk, um, I would think that there would be more um, uh, training going on with that person just because they're, they're here and they're, they're here. They, they want this kind of help. They want this kind of a form and they're willing to to go through the negativity and the difficulty that it takes to do this kind of an exercise, the exercise of endeavoring to see what is true for yourself. That is not easy because it's so easy to, uh, in the other direction, to go to what you think is true. What you think is true is uh, unreal. It's a concoction. What is actually true is a realization that you can't disagree with it because there, there is no polarity there, but you have to see it yourself. You can't can encourage you. The teaching person can't do it for you, no matter what their title or how many, how high their their pyramid is that they sit on top of. Let's have a really good question. <laughs> you know, it's a really good question, but it's a question. We do a lot of studying here about Buddha nature, what it is, and so. On the cushion, I might be looking for the things that I've learned. Is that a disadvantage to no. be doing that? When you're sitting on the on the cushion and you're sitting down, you're holding still. It's just about observing, and that observing may be thinking about Buddha nature, thinking about the Takadagarbha, thinking about the meaning of those words, or thinking about something you just read an hour or two ago. It may be doing that. I don't have. If you haven't noticed, I don't say. Follow your breath. I, I just say, watch what moves. It might be your thought patterns. And those thought patterns might be um, remembering uh, a vacation that you had a couple of years ago. It's only about a, a awareness. It's not about the content of the awareness. It takes a while to see this because the tendency to want to fix or correct or be more peaceful or not have negative feelings is so powerful that we, when we sit really still, we kind of get a credential for just sitting still. Um, after a few weeks, few months, a few years, we, we realized we could sit really still, but it doesn't change a damn thing. <laughs>
Have you noticed? The understanding is, is a, if we hold really still, we begin to see what moves. And we see that anytime anything is moving, it's creating more and more and more confusion because we get magnetized by this and we get repelled by that. And then we, and then we, uh, something else so it completely blocks everything off, out like smoke, shuts it out. So we can't see it. And as long as there's someone, then that someone, if we think there's someone, then that someone is going to think there's something else. Something else, something we can get to, something we can grasp or join. I wish that I could say it more clearly. I feel very inept. Do I look inept? Say yes. Yes. Do the first two of the noble truths make sense? Can you say more about that seeming circularity? The, the, the life of suffering? So life is, is a difficult or abrasive or, or not, uh, not fulfilling and feels... Um, we're always grasping at this and rejecting that. So there's that. That's the Buddha's just was bringing out. Life is dissatisfaction, and it is. We're not saying that there isn't something that relieves that. Uh, not saying that, that we don't have some pleasure. The same nerve endings that are that feel pain are the same ones that feel pleasure. So we're not saying that that isn't happening, but we're saying that those are not two different things. And so the second noble truth is, uh, or the first noble truth is life of suffering. The second noble truth is wanting whatever is happening to be a little bit different or to be much clearer, much deeper, or much more enlightened, make more sense, be more fulfilling. And then the, the next, the third one, you want me to go on and you want me to just talk about those. So the third one is uh, this can come to an end, that suffering can come to an end. And then the, uh, the fourth one, of course, is the path of train the mind so that you can see clearly the way in which you're creating that situation. You have a specific question about it? Is life no longer suffering if we no longer want it to be something else? So what seems to happen in that area, that's a provisional teaching, which gets us started, gets us to look at the situation, which makes some sense on some level. On the initial level of looking at it, yeah, I want something else. And this makes, uh, I'm not, the other way of talking about it, I'm not content, I'm not okay with the way things are, I want something else. And then uh, practicing uh, what's sometimes called voluntary suffering, to sit down, hold still, and watch how the mind is in some kind of a turmoil all the time about things. And then eventually, what the, the fundamental discrepancy or misunderstanding is that there is someone, that there's a solid being, just because there's a body-mind complex, that we are so identified with this body, we think we are this body, even though... We might suspect there's other something else is the case. So training ourselves to see uh, clearly the 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 one who the sufferer or the one who is having the difficulty uh, is seen through. But the suffering may come or it may go. But one will not be too concerned without about that anymore. Whole success and failure, suffering, pleasure, pain, uh, getting something, losing something. Uh, it won't hold. Won't it will not have the force that it had before you understood that there wasn't any solid being. So you could still suffer. They're not going to tell you that because they're, you know, them guys, they're going to tell you that. But they want you to practice. want you to meditate. No promises. Trump Rinpoche used to say that quite often. There's no guarantees when he said it was an accident. But he said that quite a bit. I think can't promise us anything. <laughs> Darn. It was like he'd say, here's what you need to do to train your mind, but no guarantees. This is not sounding too good. <laughs> but 
what else was I going to do? I had to, I had to do something about it. It's just too difficult without some kind of a practice. So life is suffering, but if you can cover that up with some kind of illusion or some kind of golf cart or something, some other way of working with your life that, that takes up time until you slowly age and go back into the elements. And some people, quite a, quite a few people are just doing that. And it's not wrong. It's just the way most human beings live. So but if you want to see what this is, then this is a way to do that. Ishigai. Do we have a choice to see our karma or is that our karma also? I only have those two. You're not going to give me any more. Yeah. So, um, so I, I talk other and other people talking about choicelessness. It's because it looks like we're making choices, but actually the, the causes and conditions that bring us into any given situation are, are coming out of a, an a unsearchable um, complex of causes and conditions that are not just a simple cause and effect or this cause that cause that. So I think there's some there. There's some uh, ability to, to decide to live at this monastery, to decide to, to spend, set aside some time in our life to just practice, to train our minds, to see clearly what this is. And to, even in, in our path, on our on the Bodhisattva path, to dedicate our lives to others, just helping others work with their life and help them to work with their suffering and not being too concerned about our own more. Is there a difference in that kind of that kind of choice to see the truth versus acting out of self-centeredness. Paraphrase. You knew that was coming. <laughs> I don't know how to ask. Want Jason to help you? I'll come with you. Sure, can help you. Can you paraphrase what he said? <laughs> Pretty good. Say it again, I'll, I'll try to respond. Can you do that? Can you Probably it? not, but I can talk about all the difference between uh, making choices out of self-centeredness versus, this, and this is where I'm fuzzy, making choices out of maybe not that area or maybe out of awareness. Okay, yeah. So the self-centeredness is looking for a result. Uh, the the self-centeredness, even though it might show up as you know, you could be a, a person who helps others. Uh, you could be a person who's in a profession that, that is looked at as somebody who just helps others. We have several people here who have, are in that kind of work. And the, there's kind of a, you know, one result there. We need to, one of the results, we need to get paid, of course. Uh, the other result is we need to have some, somebody needs to get better because of what we're doing and, and, and be grateful to us. I mean, I'm just painting a little picture here. But uh, one who is operating out of uh, out of clarity, in other words, clarity. This doesn't mean that there's not some kind of self-centeredness functioning, but the, the awareness that sees that sees it is unreal. So there's no point in fighting with the ego. You fight if you try to become. And you know, sometimes people will say, well, "I just did this, and I did that." And it just seems so egotistical. And I think, yeah, it is. Congratulations, you just saw uh, something that's not true. But don't you don't want to get rid of that? You can't really help people who are struggling with their self-centeredness if you uh, uh, see see the unreality of self-centeredness and thereby get rid of it. That's a form of spiritual materialism, getting somewhere using spiritual techniques. But if you see what this is, then you can function by way of 
helping others, serving others, meeting others where they're at with no, no claim on uh, uh, production, no desire for something else, no merchandising mentality. It's not a business. You just give. And if things come back, fine. If they don't come back, fine. This doesn't mean you might not think, why, why, why don't I get any recognition for all this wonderful, selfless, heroic work I'm doing? Is that helpful? <laughs> it's an open dimension. There are beings who think they're real, and you meet them where they're at. And you, if you're functioning in this path, you know you're not real. You, you're there. You have nerve endings, but you notice that it is dependently arisen, and you are not a solid, real being. And life and death are not two different things anymore. I'm not saying that body won't go away, but you're, you're that, that that awareness that is aware uh, is not a, a not self. In our tradition, we would call it put a nature, but it's not a being. You get no credential, get no gold star, might get a kick in the butt. Any final question? Well, I have no final answers. Thank you so much. We'll stand and dedicate the merit at the back of our chant books. I also like to remind everybody about this Saturday is our all-day retreat. Please join us if you can. And also, we do still have our donation boxes in the hallway and appreciate whatever financial support you can help us with. We also receive donations online through PayPal, debit and credit cards. Thank you. Directions of the three worlds, all Buddhas, all venerable ones, Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Prajna, Arvita, 